Welcome to the HR Chat Podcast, bringing the best of the HR, talent, and leadership communities to you. For more episodes and the latest articles covering what's new in the world of work, visit hrgazette.com, subscribe and follow us on social media. Welcome to the HR Chat Show. I'm your host today, Bill Bannum. And in this episode, we're going to talk about ways to identify, attract, and retain leaders in your organization. And my guest today is the illustrious, fantastic Norm Smallwood, a recognized authority in developing business and their leaders to develop results and increase value. Norm's current work relates to increasing business value by building outside in organization leadership and people capabilities that measurably impact market value. In 2000, Norm co-founded the RBL Group, an advisory firm to the world's top HR leaders with none other than the fabulous Dave Ulrich. And regular listeners of the show will know that Dave's been on the HR chat pod at least twice, I think now. Love Dave, love Dave, and I'm sure I'm going to love Norm too. Norm, welcome to the HR chat show today. Great to be here, Bill, and uh, great to know that Dave is fabulous and I'm fantastic. That sounds just uh, <laughs> great. You absolutely are, both of you. Uh, okay, so beyond my wee introduction there, why, and, and before you talk to me about the, the RBL group, why don't you just start by telling our listeners a bit about yourself, your career background, and, and what you've got up to? Well, sure. So, uh, so grew up in Canada and Europe, uh, England and Germany, and uh, for about seven years, and then uh, came to the U.S. for school, and uh, when I finished graduate school, went to work for Procter & Gamble in Georgia as a OD practitioner, and then moved to uh, Calgary, Canada, and worked for ESSO Resources, or part of Imperial Oil, the Exxon uh, group of companies. And, uh, and uh, after, after five or six years in, in Calgary with ESSO, um, I co-founded the Novations Group, which was a consultancy uh, based in Utah with a couple of former business school professors, Gene Dalton and Paul Thompson, and Jack Zenger, or, and uh, Joe Folkman, who's now part of the uh, uh, Zenger Folkman Group uh, here locally to me in Utah. And uh, then we sold that company, and Dave and I started the RBL Group uh, back in uh, 1999. So uh, uh, I guess uh, that's uh, that's my career background, and it's uh, been uh, been a great ride, and and have enjoyed every minute of it. So thanks for asking. Okay, wonderful. Thank you very much. So tell me a bit about the the RBL Group then. Um, it's it's. I've got a lot of uh, respect for, for what you guys do. I think you create fantastic con- content. But for, for anybody out there who is not so familiar, why don't you take a minute or two and tell them all about it? Well, recently we've been differentiating what we do from uh, human capital consulting to human capability consulting. When we talk about human capital, usually we're talking about uh, talent and the war for talent and so on. But we've gotten much broader than that. We think of human capability as leadership, talent, org capabilities, and and the effectiveness of the HR department. And uh, so our work is is really to enable uh, HR and business leaders to build human capital, human capability in the in the broader sense. Uh, 
to, to really have uh, to create value and, and have strategic impact. We'll be right back to this conversation after this very brief message from today's sponsoring partner. EmpTrust HR Solutions provides human capital management and talent management solutions and services for a global workforce. Their core HR solutions help companies to create great onboarding experiences for new hires through new hire portals, forms, and task management with advanced tools. Learn more at emptrust.com. Okay, big question for you. Your guy has been in in and around the world of HR now for for quite some time, I'd say, Norm. Um, how, how would you describe the evolution of, of HR over the last sort of decade? And maybe as part of that answer as well, perhaps you can offer your take on, on where you see it going uh, in the next five to 10 years. Sure. Boy, that's uh, a big question. <laughs> two, two big questions, right? So where we've been, and, and I think uh, this, this leads to where we're going, when I joined HR originally, and it's interesting to think of the name of the department when when you joined. So it was personnel when uh, in, in the first organization I worked in, which was Clark Equipment Company in uh, Statesville, North Carolina, and uh, did my internship there in graduate school. But this the, the so that the evolution goes from HR administration. That's personnel hiring, firing. Then we went to, to really what we call HR practices, which is uh, thinking about HR in terms of how do we have the best training and development, compensation, labor relations, uh, and so on. Um, from there, we, we sort of, and, and, and th these aren't shifts that we're not doing them anymore. These are and, not ors, but uh, the evolution then went to HR strategy and the the metaphor for, for me really is a mirror and how does HR align to business strategy and then deliver value through people uh, with that business strategy. But that mirror shifted to a, to a window where HR now you know, sticks its head out the window and looks at customers and investors and it's a really different world. That's what we call HR from the outside in, where not only do we do the you know, HR practices and try to help with the business strategy, but really partners to the business in, in delivering value to, uh, you know, to, to customers and investors, as well as to line leaders and employees. So the stakeholders just went from inside to inside and outside. And so when I think about where we're going in the future, uh, which is the second part of your question, it's really to develop these outside-in practices, HR that impacts uh, customers and investors in, in addition to employees. So, uh, you know, it'd be things like uh, in staffing or the employer of choice of employees our customers would choose or in leadership. Have we created a brand where leaders' actions are tied to customer and investor expectations? or even culture, where we think uh, uh, culture could be think, thought of as uh, values and patterns of behavior, but it could also be, as we think in, in, in an outside-in world, it's, it's culture as brand. Do customers and employees resonate and, and interact around the desired experience that the, that the business wants the, 
the customers to have. I'd love to hear from you now about some of the the trends that you're seeing. Maybe maybe those that excite you. Maybe some that scare you in in analytics in human capital at the moment. Well, I'll start with scared and then move to some things that we've been doing that are really exciting. Um, what scares me about how we do analytics is that we're really asking to measure things that we already have. I mean, so during COVID, how many people are wearing masks or, um, you know, what's our, I mean, obvious questions like turnover, things that we're measuring that, uh, that may or may not have an impact on anything. Um, so, so measuring what's easy is, is, is what scares me because I don't know that it goes anywhere useful. What we've done over the last couple of years is really worked on answering a, well, let me, back, let me say one other piece. So we're measuring what's easy, but the field is also enamored with benchmarking and best practices. And so the logic of benchmarking and best practices is to say that what we need to do is to assess leadership or assess talent in our organization or assess the HR department and compare ourselves to others and to pick things that others are doing and apply them to ourselves and hope that that uh, has a positive impact. What we did uh, a couple of years ago is we started asking a very different question, and, and that is, um, if we started with business results, if we think about uh, uh, employer, employee results, strategic results, how we differentiate or how, what our position is in the market, our customer results, things like uh, customer attitude, customer share, uh, our financial results, our earnings, our you know, Tobin's Q, our cash flow, however, what's important to you there, and even our community results, things like social citizenship, impact on the environment, reputation. And we asked which human capability investments would impact a business result. So if we start and say, uh, if you thought for a minute, uh, which of those areas, employee results, strategic, customer, financial, or community, would have the most impact on our business now? And then worked backwards and said, okay, so what if we could then identify the the human capability pathways that would most impact that business result. So again, I defined human capability before as talent or capabilities, leadership and the HR, uh, the effectiveness of the HR department. That's what we've been answering. So we've actually uh, created a, a survey and we're, uh, and we're working very hard around the, uh, AI or machine learning side of that, so we don't have to use surveys in the future. But to answer that question, which investments in human capability will impact specific business results? And that is a real different way to, 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 to go than what, their, what, what our benchmarking and best practices have provided us in the past. So we're very, very excited about this. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Uh, I want to. I want to now um, borrow and and extend upon what you've been talking about so far. But in the in the context of talking about uh, leaders, 
um firstly sure. firstly leaders at, at, at the very top uh, ceos and then we'll talk a little bit about um hr leaders specifically so given what you're just saying there about you know having a having a, a lens which perhaps starts at the, at the at the at the end and then works backwards it starts with the business results what are those key business results that, that you want to achieve um, and and then working backwards from those what, what, what do you see as the kpis to consider when, when hiring a ceo you know the there's been a lot of work done on on hiring uh ceos and and in my sense of the difference between a really good ceo and one that's more average is just the kinds of experiences that the ceo has had coming into the job so for example uh, often we'll pick a the cfo or the chief operating officer uh, who's come up through a function and then has done a great job in the function and so uh, the, the CEO role becomes available, and we we pick somebody with a <clears throat> with a fairly narrow experience set. But uh, great general managers, great CEOs are built from you know having a PNL experience, having a cross cultural experience, doing a turnaround, having an M and A, uh, being in a staff role like uh, finance or HR or marketing. I don't even think it matters, but. It's the breadth of experiences that allows the, the senior leader to be able to, uh, to, to, to deal with the kinds of challenges that you don't know what they'll have to deal with coming in. And, and so if all we knew that the challenges would be financial challenges, then, then, the, then the best CFO would be a great, to, would be a great option. But you know, given what we've just been through with uh, COVID, this has been the year where you know, the HR issues have been much more paramount. Two, 2008 was the the financial crisis. Uh, 2019 until now has really been a, a human capability crisis. You must be a mind reader, Norm, uh, because <laughs> because we're we're going to take that one step forward then. And um, and I, I want to understand from you what are those what are those characteristics, what are those uh, uh, qualities, what are some of those experiences that one should look for in in the the perfect if there is such a thing, a, a very ideal HR leader. When I think of really effective HR leaders, it's not people who are uh, just focused in on, on sort of one piece of things, right? It's not just about people. It's about uh, people and the business. It's, it's about um, really, um, like, again, it's, it's, HR leaders tend can be very inside out or very outside in or very internally focused or very outside in focused. And it's these HR leaders that can partner with the business and think of their stakeholders as both inside and outside the, the business or the organization they're in that, that and, 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 all, and can have a point of view, have a way to think about how the business can navigate uh, through people and organization to resolve challenges. And every business challenge there is involves people and organization. I mean, uh, at least the, the vast majority of them uh, do. So, so a, a senior HR leader is really a, a, a business leader who has a point of view and, and the ability to step up and meet the challenges of people and organization around the business issue, whatever it is.
Okay, but in in your previous answer, when you're talking about you know what would make for a for an ideal uh, CEO, you, you you use an example of perhaps um, uh, a, a CFO. Um, might be someone who could step up and take that role. I mean, you, uh, admittedly, you said yeah, it could be someone for marketing, it could be any department, but you, you're talking very much about the financials and, and matching that with with the the, the business goals, the, the, which are the financial business goals. With, with an HR leader norm, is there is there another component there? Is there more of a humanist? Component no, that's there? that's that's what I was trying to say. I was it, I was actually talking about HR. It's like it's like as somebody moves from a more junior role to a more yep. senior role, uh, the expectations for be, begin to change. They begin to change from an expert in an area, whether that's finance or HR or marketing, to somebody, uh, to, to, to somebody who leads the function. And leading the function would be um, uh, sort of not just my own uh, competencies. I'm not just an individual expert, but I'm bringing together the, the, the people in the HR function to be able to resolve uh, business challenges. And then even beyond leading the function, uh, leading the business from an HR perspective. Because again, uh, you think of COVID, it wasn't, uh, it was a business challenge with that, that had to do primarily with how we're going to mobilize our people and work differently and resolve challenges in more innovative ways. So it's both people and the business. I guess that's, that's all I was trying to say. And, and, uh, and, and so it's a, it's a breadth issue. So the broader the HR person can be in terms of their ability to synthesize, have a point of view about the future, uh, be able to uh, allocate resources quickly to the kind of challenges that the business has with, and not just be an order taker, somebody waiting for somebody else to tell them uh, what to do. It's, it's, it's a true partner in, in driving the business with a specific responsibility around the human capability challenges. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, let's talk now a little bit about succession planning, if that's okay. Uh, I this is something that I like to talk about quite a bit on 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 this show. I'd, I'd love to get your take, uh, internal or external hires, when it comes to succession planning. Well, the ideal is uh, again, depending on level, is uh, you, you've got companies like. Uh, uh, Procter and Gamble that have a reputation for lifelong employment. They used to be uh, more companies used to be like that, and it was rare for a company like Procter and Gamble to to go to the outside, and uh, and and really has had a proud tradition of building uh, general managers to lead the business in the future. Most companies today, though, uh, tend to go to the outside. Uh, often for their most senior roles. And, and uh, there's a, a pretty poor track record of, of being able to sort of integrate those outside senior level uh, executive hires uh, for, for the long term, right? They somehow often don't fit the culture. So that some do, some there's some hit, but there's a, a pretty high attrition rate. So I guess for most companies, the ideal would be being able to build the next generation of of general managers, especially uh, from the inside, but but have a healthy dose of uh, in, in the more junior roles, 
and maybe even middle roles, you know, having some healthy mix of bringing people in from the outside and then being the kind of company where you're able to uh, accept and integrate sort of these outside forces. It's just really hard for strong culture companies to bring in senior leaders from the outside successfully. At least that's been been my experience. So who's getting it right, Norm? Uh, you, you mentioned, you used the example of uh, Procter & Gamble and how they've, they've um, previously had a, a policy of trying to uh, keep people uh, throughout their careers. You mentioned that you're working with a fast food company. You didn't name them, but uh, maybe you want to name a couple of the companies that you do think are getting it right at the moment with, with their leadership initiatives. Well, I mean, I'll say Chick-fil-A is the company that I was talking about that's that's doing a, a, a really focusing a lot of attention and growing faster than many of their competitors right now. And and uh, the challenge that, that they've got, obviously, is how do we grow leaders that can provide the customer and employee experience in the restaurants? Uh, that's not an easy thing to do. Many companies have... Uh, have uh, sort of stumbled at that point. Starbucks stumbles and had to bring their uh, founder back. Home Depot at one point stumbled and and was were hiring store managers that uh, that that weren't that that were that allowed Lowe's to really catch up to them. Um, but 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 I think you know IBM has has it's, we we used to do the top companies for leaders and many of the companies that made that top list in the, in the in the fortune uh, articles that, that we did for years with Aon Hewitt, um, you know, tend to be the same kind of companies, although we're seeing um, really different approaches. Apple seems to continue, but doesn't seem to spend a lot of time on in, in the more traditional way of how they uh, uh, approach leaders, but they seem to be growing their business really well. I know Amazon, you know, has had a, a reputation for being pretty tough on their employees and uh, has over the last uh, couple of years has made some strides to really try to change the way they uh, they are, are perceived as as and uh, the expectations they have for for leaders and so on so those would be some examples of uh, some of the challenges that i see out there awesome and just before we wrap up for today norm and i know you're thinking what bill we've only just started this chat well they're not that long i'm afraid they're bite-sized um but before we do wrap up how can our listeners connect with you and learn more about all you get up to yeah well i'd love to uh, be in contact i'm i'm in linkedin uh norm smallwood at the rbl group uh, my email is nsmallwood at rbl.net and uh, be delighted to hear and, uh, and and be able to uh, to connect with your listeners. We're doing all kinds of interesting things. We're we're trying to provide a number of uh, of free options like that uh, or guidance system, which uh, which we're offering for free on RBL.ai. And uh, so so go in and try that out. We're we're in the process of building our data lake for that right now. So love to get your. Uh, your information and then you get a free report. I always like to give a shout out to, um, to my guests who are uh, super receptive to um, outreach. I, I, 
I popped Norm a message on LinkedIn, I don't know, less than a month ago, I think. Um, uh, admittedly, I'd, I'd already interviewed his colleague, Dave, so that might maybe help a little bit, but Norm was very quick to respond, very kind to, to set this up today. So um, kudos to you, Norm, and this has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the HR Chat Show. Thanks, Bill. Enjoyed it. And listeners, as always, until next time, happy working. Thanks for listening to this episode of the HR Chat Podcast. There are hundreds of conversations with business experts available for free on the HR Gazette website, Apple, Spotify, and all the main platforms. And remember to like, subscribe, and follow us on social media.